Hey fam. <laughs> welcome. Welcome, welcome. I'm Tyla. Tyla Fowler. And this is my podcast. It's called A Year Ago Today. And I'm coming to you from my kitchen table. Um, and my kitchen and my living room are the same room in my apartment. And I live on a busy block in Brooklyn. <laughs> and there's a bus idling outside, it sounds like, or a truck or something. And let's see, it's Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. And the episode that you're listening to now comes out tomorrow, Thursday. And I'm not quite sure at what time, maybe really early, because I think I'm going to be the one to publish it. And I have to be out of my apartment early because I am going to the airport. I am going to Austin this weekend with my ugh, dearest, dearest friend and dearest, dearest client, Francie Webb, for a conference of birth workers. And <laughs> I am really excited. So, hmm. Why do I tell you that? Because I feel a little bit... Hmm. I'm headed into a big weekend. And there's a lot going on, I think, for everyone right now, energetically. (laughs) There's a lot of really powerful astrology happening right now. I think we have a new moon tomorrow, which is Thursday, and there's also Mars retrograde happening, and (laughs) an eclipse in the next day or so, I think. So, if you want to go read about those kind of things, it's super interesting. Um... And the more I learn about astrology, the more it resonates for me. So it's probably something I'll keep talking about more and more. When I'm feeling a little bit more grounded in future, I'll maybe try to provide some astrology resources because I definitely have some that I really love. However, I doubt that I will be doing that by tomorrow because I got a pack and I also have a date to go to the movies tonight with my friend Casey. Uh, So that'll be, we're going to go see the Mr. Rogers documentary. That's going to be great. Uh, What else do I need to tell you about me? Mm. I don't know. Every time I come to this question, I'm like, well, if you haven't been listening along, like, there's a little bit of context about me that I think is really interesting. And if you have been listening, I worry that you may be tiring of hearing me talk about these things. However, if you are, I guess you can just turn this off. Or skip ahead, because the interview... Don't turn it off. Skip ahead. The interview is fabulous. (laughs) Um, No, what do I really need to tell you today? The woman I interviewed today... or I didn't interview her today. I interviewed her, like, at the beginning of April, I feel like. And um, I love her. And we're friends... (sighs) kind of, I mean, not because of this podcast, you know, the podcast is not the reason that we met, however, 
we really got very close very quickly because she was listening to the podcast and really resonating so much with what I had to say. And so when we would see each other in person, it was like the conversation was just starting at such a level of intimacy because it was like we already had this shared um, kind of framework of understanding and shared language around how we see the world and it's really lovely because you can really like I hear that in this conversation and I learned so much from this conversation as a result both about myself and about the world I did make some notes let me see (sighs) what do my notes say they say say in the intro (laughs) first time recording a podcast episode in person so until this episode with Jana, I have always recorded remotely I have never before sat in the same room with someone to record a podcast episode even there was a time when Sally and I when we were co-hosting we were in Mexico together and we were in the same house in Mexico and we had like two or three different things to record for the podcast but we didn't know how to make it work so we could be in the same room so we kind of like rigged up these two recording studios in the separate um like hers was there was one in the bathroom oh no we and then we had to move it oh my god it was this whole big ordeal it took us such a long time so we're like in this beach house in mexico a little tiny spot on a rocky little outcrop looking over the ocean uh so cute um, so not what we expected. <laughs> you know how everything always looks a little bit nicer on Airbnb. Sirens ring true. Ah. Anyway, all that is to say that this was really special to do this with Jana in uh, real time, person to person, face to face. It was uh, scary and vulnerable, I think, for me. And... I'm so glad that my first time got to be with her, honestly. It was such a beautiful initiation, and I've done it a few more times since then, So, and I love it. So I'm going to be doing it now as a rule as, as much as possible. If, you, if I'm recording with people in New York, I'm going to be asking them to come here to record because the quality of the recording and the conversation is so much higher, I think. You guys can tell me what you think after you listen to this, if you think it was different or the same. Um... <laughs> it says talk about staying in something too long and then it turns bad eventually and it's over um, <laughs> so John is talking in this episode about leaving a job and we're talking about the pattern you know of continuing to stay inside something that doesn't feel good and maybe that's because you haven't realized you haven't admitted to yourself that it doesn't feel good um, or you know that it doesn't feel good, but you feel powerless to change it. Or, you know, there's, there's a million different reasons why someone would do something like this. However, that's definitely what happened um, in my last major stint of employment. Uh, if you want to hear more about that, you can go back to the very first episode of this podcast. But it was like a situation where I stayed too long, you know, um, and things soured in the end. And that also describes a lot of romantic relationships I've had, (laughs) you know, like where we held on too long, you know, and I'm just really like becoming increasingly present to my own mm, mechanisms of denial around the awareness of my unhappiness sometimes. What else do I want to say about that? So listen out for that and pay attention 
if that activates something for you when you're listening through and we get to that part where we're talking about, you know, have you ever stayed in something too long and then either something big happens. I mean, for me, it's usually like prune, like I was let go from my job, you know, or like with this breakup with Matt has felt, I mean, in one, like on one hand, I'm like, oh, I guess I've known since the beginning that this was ultimately coming, like the signs were everywhere. Um, but on the other hand, it really felt like a total shock to me um, when we broke up, like this cataclysmic event. And so it's interesting because that's what we're talking about in the episode. And if you've been listening along, you'll also know that that is the thing that's been so remarkable for me is how much these episodes are lining up with what's now unfolding in my real life, where it's like a few months ago me Tyla said the thing about the lesson and then I had to live that lesson over again and now I'm listening to it and I'm like oh my god it's the exact same pattern how interesting <laughs> it's like it's like I'm living a little bit in this echo chamber of my different selves myself on different timelines trying to produce this project um so it's, there's a really interesting kind of like echolocation happening that the more I engage with the energy of what's here with every single interview, the more I'm receiving from, from what's here. It's like the more my awareness continues to deepen around my own patterns and my own stories and my own mannerisms, you know, there's so much to be learned from paying attention to oneself. So it's my intention that listening to this somehow supports you in paying closer attention to yourself um, and that that lens of awareness can feel really good because you enjoy listening to this podcast I hope or you wouldn't be here <laughs> alright what else does my notes say do my notes say oh my god I just got scared that I didn't ever start recording Whew, I did oh boy alright hang on I need to get a juice I'm very thirsty When you make juice with a certain kind of juicer, it's supposed to say good for three days. And I'm on day four with this juice. But we're gonna trust that it's okay. And I guess I guess we'll find out if not. Alright. Um Oh gosh. My notes say talks about the feeling of being quote, owed something for what I've suffered through and then had to get over that because, quote, that's not how it works. <laughs> so, Jana talks in here about leaving this job and then, like, her feelings after leaving the job. And as she's talking, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I totally know those feelings. Like, I've had those feelings before almost exactly as she describes them. Again, after leaving old relationships, um, both, I mean, all relationships, not just romantic relationships. Um, yeah, that's really what it's around. When you dis when you dissolve a relationship, a working relationship, a romantic relationship, a friendship, a partnership of any kind, I have often had this experience of feeling, um, feeling like I've suffered at the hands of someone else, and like I'm owed something for that suffering. And I'm aware that that's not true. That's you know the story that I've internalized around how relationships work and it's the story that uh, upholds the archetype of the martyr which for me is 
the strongest shadow archetype that I have yet encountered uh, when it comes to the feminine. Uh, what else? Anyway, so I wrote here, that's how I felt both after Prune and I've been going through and working through a lot of those feelings around my relationship with Matt. I'm not sitting in them. I don't want to be in them any longer than I need to be, you know. So I have all these thoughts and these stories about about what happened with Matt and I and a lot of stories about what happened with Matt's family and and between them and, and me. Because it was big. And, you know, I am present to... There are ways in which I feel um, owed. And I'm also aware that those are just my stories that I'm projecting. So, again, it's just... Oh, beyond fascinating for me to listen to Jana and I talking about this stuff as I'm currently living it out in my real life. Oh, okay. Staying in things too long is self-punishment. I'll make it work rather than cutting your losses and leaving. Um, I very much had the experience in my relationship with Matt in the last year we almost broke up about a year ago and in the last year since we almost broke up I've had this very present experience of choosing to be here very often like if if something's not feeling really great between us in the moment it comes up for me always do I still want to be here I'm aware that it's a choice and I have always come to this place where I've felt like I know that my spiritual work is mine and that I'm going to have to do it regardless of which partnership I'm in. And so if I get to choose, I choose Matt. I want to do this work with Matt, you know, is really the uh, internal stance that I've been holding for about a year. And... It's interesting because listening to this episode, and I feel very vulnerable saying this and um, fearful of how it may activate people who may be listening. However, there is a real resonance for me around this idea of staying in things too long as a form of self-punishment. And being an energy of like, I want to make this work rather than cutting your losses and going and beginning the work anew inside a different container, a different relationship, whether that be a different job, a different romantic relationship, you know. So that's super potent for me. And... I'm becoming clear that there's some sort of energy for me alive around I want to stay where I've invested. <laughs> um, and I don't know that I have anything more to say about that right now. I feel I've said enough. Mmm. The last thing I have written here to say in the intro is that the idea of creating space 
anytime you're creating space in your life, whether you want to or not, you know, like this breakup, I'd say, is not something I wanted. I've been forced to create space in a sense, though I think on a soul level it was something I wanted, that this is something I co-created in my life because my soul knows that this is what I need right now, you know, so there's both sides of it are true. Um, but that regardless of whether you're creating space because you want to and doing it intentionally and joyfully and consciously so that you have room to receive or whether it happens kind of to you. I'm putting that in air quotes because it's a nuanced... Well, it depends what you believe about how the universe works. So... Okay, I haven't said anything at all about Jana. We're 16 minutes into this intro, and I don't really need to say much about her because she's brilliant, and you're going to hear that immediately. I'll tell you that Jana Farron-Smith is an incredible woman of color, playwright, actor, friend, <laughs> human, and she lives here in New York City, and we've been friends for a few years, and I adore her, and she's held me through some really challenging experiences, and I'm so grateful for her friendship, and I think you're going to enjoy this interview with her, this conversation, it's not really an interview, it's more like a, I don't know like a girl chat um and if you want to look her up on Facebook her name is in the title of the episode so you can see how it's spelled and then you can just go put that into the search bar on Facebook and you can find her <laughs> and it'll be really easy <sighs> and if you want to find us on social media I'm Tyla Fowler that's my name and that's my handle and this is a year ago today and our social media handle is a year ago podcast and I'm gonna continue to be using those social channels uh, more and more so follow along come play with me and I hope you enjoy this episode and um, part of me wants to apologize for the fact that this is kind of all over the place and then the other part of me says that that's just my internalized sexism and that I need to stop apologizing for myself and trust that this is exactly what it's meant to be. <laughs> and that I don't need to re-listen to this 20 minutes of audio almost now before I send it over to Alex to have him add it on to the beginning of the episode. Um, do 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 Rate us on iTunes. Share us with your friends. And... Tell the whole world about us, please. <laughs> and talk to me. Talk to me on social media and send me emails at a year ago podcast at gmail.com uh, because my boyfriend just broke up with me and I need meaningful work and engaging with people around this work feels meaningful for me. So <laughs> reach out, say hi, let me know what you're up to. Let me know what this episode makes you feel. If it turns you on, I definitely want to hear about that, uh, whether that feels pleasurable or uncomfortable. If you're activated or triggered, I would love to uh, witness you inside that experience if you want to be witnessed. And that's it for now. Love y'all. Bye.
week. Okay, now we're recording. Okay, perfect. Hi. <laughs> Hi. I feel like still... Do you feel drawn to put the microphone over there because you're going to be looking at the computer? No, I don't need to. Okay. But I'm like... Not in the right position yet. Well, the reason I was looking now is because I want to see... Like, I'm trying to see that thing. Can you just talk that way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, today, <laughs> I was thinking about having tuna. <laughs> oh, that's loud, but that's louder than you're probably going to talk. It is. Sorry. <laughs> today, <laughs> I was thinking about having tuna. tuna. Today, I was thinking about having... Today, I was thinking about having tuna. Tuna. And I decided not to because I really wanted to have hard-boiled eggs with it. But I really felt in the moment like that was going to take too long. So. <laughs> okay, I think that this is good. Yeah? Okay. So what I vote now <clears throat> is instead of... So I'm not going to look that way. I'm going to put the candle over here. Okay. There we go. That's going to fix everything. Yay! I knew we needed this. Do you want me to pull a card for you at the beginning of this? Yes, please. <laughs> People are I hope I like that. <laughs> I'll like it. So we're gonna be like going to do an animal reading. Mm. That? Yeah. Do you wanna shuffle those? Yeah. Until you're you gotta watch out for this. I was like I keep jostling you. Do something dangerous. Ooh. Oh no, no. <laughs> That's a small enough fire that we could put it out quickly. There we go. There we go. <laughs> my okay. couch might not look so good, though. That's true. <clears throat> Ready? Okay. I've never seen this card before. Whoa! I'm excited! Whoa! <laughs> wow right oh my my okay I'm gonna read you the poem what is the number uh nine <gasps> nine is a magical number oh my <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that much about it but I know it's magical I'm gonna read you this poem okay Love brings the sea into boiling and turns the mountain into a pebble. <coughs> Bless you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Love creates infinite openings in the dark sky and shudders the earth with its magnitude. The impossible made possible. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Okay, so, Jonna, mm. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes and go back to a year ago today. And when you're ready, share with me in one word how you were feeling. Angry. Mm, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Angry. Okay. So now in like one to two sentences, mm -hmm. tell everybody 
where you are and what you were doing the other day. I was walking dogs in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, New York City. Um, and at that point, I was walking them about four or five hours a day, but also frequently being called to dog sit and, and, or cat sit in incredibly inconvenient capacities. Um, but I had to do it as a part of the job or so my boss told me. I was running all over the city, taking care of other people's animals. And also another one of my jobs was nannying. And I just felt like I was doing all of this stuff for all these other people and not having enough space or time to take care of myself. (laughs) And I was really angry and resentful Mm -hmm. and wanted my time back. Mm -hmm. So one year ago today, you are leaving? I was leaving that job. That job? I was leaving that job. Mm -hmm. Saying, it was good money too. And like, people were sensibly nice. It was just, also the person who was my manager, the person who I reported to, took the job, takes the job very, very seriously, which is spectacular, but that almost repelled me from it because it was not the job that I wanted to be taking seriously and I wasn't giving myself space to move toward the job that I really wanted. Mm -hmm. So this job was taking up all of your time. Yeah. And all of your energy. Yeah. And you were mad. I was so mad. (laughs) I was so... Mad. I was so mad. And mostly because I always had the capacity to leave and just didn't. So I was most mad at myself, Mm -hmm. which felt really frustrating to be aware of and still not necessarily make moves to change. That's so interesting because today I was thinking about the first ever episode Mm -hmm. about me losing my job. Yeah. And what you said just now... So perfectly encapsulates, I think, how I was really feeling, which is I was, I've always had the agency to leave. I've always had the agency to change the situation. And yet I didn't do it for such a long time. Right. And things got really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And finally something happened. And for me, it was a cataclysmic event. Um, which is why I love that now we get to talk about this for you because I don't think cataclysmic is a word that you would use. No. Unless you meant it in a good way. I don't know. No, it was a, it, it was very much, I was, it was a normal day. It was a normal day and I had to go feed some cats <laughs> before my shift and living in New York City um, the state of New York City transportation now is a whole other conversation. But <laughs> we do not have time no, to talk about that. <laughs> unfortunately not. Uh, or fortunately, rather. No one wants to hear it. No one wants to have that conversation. Um, no. But even back then, this was t- a year ago. Wow, yeah, this was a year ago. Oh, year time ago flies. <laughs> even then, I it was taking me far longer than I thought appropriate or necessary to have to get to a place relatively within the same borough that I was already living in. Oy, yeah. um, so I still had to get up in what I felt was the crack of dawn. Um, and also, particularly with the way I was eating, and I still am, but I was just starting to eat that way at the time, which involved taking my meals with me. But since 
dog walking was one of three jobs that I might do that day. I <laughs> had to pack my entire life, but I also had to pack my entire life with the expectation of being outside for most, if not all of those hours, uh, which was miserable, particularly in the winter. Um, <clears throat> it's like when I was home in New Mexico, that's the real difference. It's like you can just hop in your car at any moment of the day and drive across town to get what you need from right. your house. Or, like, you can just run home for lunch real quick and it'll take you 20 minutes to go home, have lunch, and come back. Exactly. It's not your whole day. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast where this woman who lives in New York was going to visit her mother in Connecticut. And she's like, she was super excited because she was going to be hanging out with her mom for, you know, just those two days. And she's like, Mom, what do you want to do? And the mother's like, well, okay, well, first I have to return something to Costco, then I have to go to Staples. And the woman who was from New York was like, I'm only here for two days. We don't have that kind of time. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, like, worried about the audio, the volume of that laugh I just had. That is so... <laughs> and, but then she also had to be like, oh, wait, we can just go in the car, and it's going to take all of a half an hour. In this city, this would take you four and a half days. You know what? I haven't been going to yoga lately. Because it just feels so far. <laughs> right. So time consuming. And I paid for an unlimited month. And oh. I have not been since the day I bought it. And it's been at least two weeks. And it's like, oh my god, my money. <laughs> <laughs> my money. It's just filling the drain. Yeah. And That's how they get you. But you're going to go. You have two weeks to change it, you know? I know. I'm going to turn it around. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you want to try that one more time with it? <laughs> if you really feel it. <laughs> oh my god Jana does this thing when she when she sometimes when I say things she makes me re-say them with my shoulders down and like sitting up straight and taking a deep breath so that's what was just happening and I couldn't do it <laughs> no I am I'm, I'm turning it around already there we go look at us yes <sighs> where do we want to go uh so yeah, I was doing that and I was asked to feed those cats. <laughs> oh, the day of. The day of. Which meant I would have had to leave earlier. It was already cold. And in New York, winter lasts for nine months. And I was over it. And mm, mm. It was, it's cold. It's cold. It's cold wet. and so wet. And I didn't have a waterproof coat at the time because a shocking amount of winter coats are not waterproof. Mm. Why you would make a not waterproof winter coat to begin with is beyond me. But that's a pee for another time. Um, so my coat was not waterproof, and everything was damp all the time, always. And my immune system hates cold, mm. which I didn't really learn until the winter that I was dog walking. So it affected me in so many other ways and made it so that I felt like I couldn't enjoy some of the other things that I wanted to be doing in my free time just because I was so uh, tired and it, like, threw off my digestive system. It was crazy. Um, anyway. And I was like, I can't. I can't go. I can't go feed those cats. Mm. I just can't. Last I just day. can't. Yeah. But you were like. And my boss was like, and also, <laughs> serendipitously enough, that day, one of the building managers of a building within which I walked dogs regularly had apparently watched security footage from the past year and said that I was letting the dog poop in an area that I wasn't letting the dog poop. And then it had to go, like, you know, my manager was like, well, you know, this has to be considered and this might be a warning. And 
I was realizing in that moment all of the different personalities I had to deal with, including dogs. <laughs> I remember a dog you were mad at. <laughs> Do you remember that dog? Yes, I'll never I was forget. like John of that dog. <laughs> I prefer not to if I could. Goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was so much stress for me because it was so many things that I felt like had to be coordinated for a 15 or 10 minute walk of an animal mm. uh, who they weren't of an animal that more often than not I felt as though this is the way I felt I don't think this is at all the case because people need to work in this city myself included that's why I was at this job but at the time it really felt like you're not making space enough for this animal in your life I feel like I'm being punished for that and it has nothing to do with me and then so on top of feeling that way, it then felt like <clears throat> I have to coordinate with the person. I'm on a time schedule. If I don't hit my marks at a certain time or by a certain time, my manager had the capacity to check in on me mm-hmm. and ask what was going on. But in order to get what I needed to get done on time in the particular area that I walked, which was largely walking in buildings that had doormen, from whom I had to get the keys to all of these places, you have to coordinate to make sure that the door people are at the desk or that the door people that are at the desk are the door people that can actually give you the keys because not all the door people can give you the keys. But maybe also the person who, you know, if the person whose dog I'm walking has a cleaner coming that day, the cleaner now has the keys and I have to coordinate with the cleaner as to who can have the keys because the cleaner signed the keys out, so the cleaner has to return the keys. He can't sign the keys out, they can give them to me. It's like we have, now we have to go back downstairs. But now all of this is cutting into the walk. I haven't even gotten walking the dog yet. Oh, this is also funny. It's so New York. It's like, like where else in the world? Where I mean, Seriously. I'm sure other big cities. I'm sure. But but at the same time, though, it it was sort of that perspective also because I was struggling so hard. Because again, now we're ten minutes in. This is supposed to be a twenty minute walk, but I'm only allotted twenty five minutes to be with this dog, and I haven't even gotten to the walk yet. Um. And then it's like the dog, it's cold outside maybe, so the dog has to wear boots. And most of these dogs hated putting the plastic shirts <laughs> on their feet. All dogs hate that. I would. <laughs> and so I'm wrestling with this dog, like trying to put it on their feet. <clears throat> um, and maybe now we're 20 minutes in. I have five minutes left and we haven't even gotten out of the door yet. Mm. And I was feeling very nervous always that my manager was going to catch me. Mm-hmm in something or doing something. I felt that way. Um, and the constant ability to check in when I occasionally felt that there were so many other factors that were working against me getting the job done the way it needed to get done and not feeling that way, not feeling like I was able to do the job the way it needed to get done, coupled with the fact and having to realize the fact that I didn't really care. Now, it's not that I didn't care, but it's like, this is not really what I want to be doing. This is not where I want to be putting my energy. Mm. Because to be with those dogs, you have to care because you are in charge of their safety in those moments. Um, and for the most part, the dogs were, they were fantastic. Even the dog who really got on my nerves, our personalities just clashed. He's not <laughs> a bad dog. It's like an, a human being. Sometimes you don't get along with everybody. Um... And their parents were very kind. I was very, very lucky. And the company itself, my manager, again, we didn't, I don't think we really got along, but he's a nice guy and he cares a lot about this job, which is fantastic. That means people's pets are in excellent hands. 
Um, but I was like, oh my gosh. And the fact that everyone was so great. I'm like, I really can't be here. Mm. Because mm-hmm. there's no one to take it out on. Because mm. it's just my doing. <laughs> I was going to say, and you're choosing to be there. Exactly. That's the thing. It's a job. It's not, you're not an indentured servant. Even no. Though it feels like that sometimes. It does. And I was fortunate enough at the time to be able to get a, a similar paying job. I didn't have to necessarily be doing that one. Mm-hmm. But it was very much a fear of change. It was very much a fear of not knowing. Even if I was unhappy, I knew for how long I was going to be unhappy. I could plan for that. But to be to to leave the job without feeling like I necessarily had something lined up. Because also at the time, I didn't want to get just another service job. I wanted to get a job that was more in line with the <laughs> career that I wanted. Uh, it's so funny because when I left Prune, I mean, I'm like, am I going to get in trouble for saying this? That's what just went through my head. Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> I have a voice. <laughs> it's okay to use it. <sighs> when I was leaving Prune, Gabrielle told me, like, I'm not forcing you out. You know, you... <laughs> You can line something up before you go. Uh, <laughs> I told her, I feel like, or I don't know what I told her, but in my head, I was like, if, if we wait for me to line something else up, I'm never going to leave never here. I'm never going to leave here. Yeah. And so I gave myself a heart out because I was like, if I don't leave here, I'm going to die. And if I don't, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. And that's what it feels like. Like it was, it was laughable. I would be sitting. It's <laughs> so dramatic. It, like, really, <laughs> I would be sitting with these 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 gorgeous puppies oh. who are just bringing love and kisses, and mm. I'm over here just stewing. In, I, I don't even know walker. what mm. hatred, hatred, hatred. Not of the dogs. No, of the system. Of the system. Yeah, just being like, yeah. Only spurred on by the fact that this dog was just being so cuddly and adorable. And I was like, this is fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I love my own oppression. (laughs) This is... uh, It was, yeah. It was frustrating. And then, yeah. I... So when I left that day, I was like, "I, I can't do this anymore. I think this has to be my last day. My manager said, you know, if that's the way you feel, then okay. Um, he was very supportive and not in like a weird way, not on like, yeah, you're gone kind of way. <laughs> like, yes, we were waiting for you. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> we were... Even if that's how he might have felt, um, he was very kind and did not in the slightest let on. Um, and then I finished walking the dogs that I had to walk for that day. And then I turned in my keys to him. And I remember it was kind of like today, actually, I think the weather was just starting to get nice. Yeah, because it was a year ago. That makes sense. And (laughs) I just kept thinking, tomorrow I can just sleep in. I'm free. I'm free. Or only have one job instead of two. So you started the day angry. I started the day angry. But by the end of it. I... I felt relieved. I felt relieved differently than I thought I would. It was difficult for me to let go of because I felt in 
a lot of ways that I'm just realizing now I didn't bother to necessarily clarify for myself. I felt like mm. I was owed something. Oh, yeah. like For what I'd suffered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt that. <clears throat> for what I put my... Yeah, yeah. For what I put myself through, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then having to get over that because a different part of myself was saying, no, no, that's not how that works, Jana. Mm-hmm. And as someone who strives... In the past, at least. I think I still do. And I'm not sure if it's a bad thing yet. Who knows? <laughs> but as someone who really enjoys uh, balance, and I'm also learning to move into duality. Mm, 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 mm. Um, duality or non-duality? I think duality. I think holding, rather than, when I say balance, I feel like, or rather, when I say balance, I meant feeling calm within a situation where I didn't necessarily know, could, or rather was feeling challenged by which way to ground myself in, mm-hmm. rather than being like, oh, I feel fully grounded in my anger and fully grounded in my happiness at this one situation, and rather than trying to sate them to a place where they come to harmony. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to sit with having both of them at the same time and continue to move forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about exploring that right now. <laughs> uh, and I feel like that was also one of the first times that I was feeling it and was just telling myself that you're just going to have to sit in the space for a while longer too. Because I was also very frustrated at the fact that I didn't have anything lined up. Mm. And I was letting that, to a certain extent, now that I think about it, overshadow my relief because then I punished myself with, okay, great, John. now that you quit this job, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Because you don't have lined up what you ideally wanted to have had lined yeah. up. Yeah. So it's like, so now what? Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's definitely how I felt after I left Brune. It was like, okay, so, so now what? Tyla? Right. Now what are you going to do? And right. I was like, I don't fucking know. You're not any more famous as a writer, so you're not any closer to getting those quote-unquote career opportunities you were hoping to leave this job for, so now you're just still unemployed and at the same place. Well, that's so interesting because that is a real difference in our stories here because I, when I left Prune, I really did not have any idea who I wanted to be in the world. Mm -hmm. However, you have a pretty clear idea, at least of like a big part of who you want to be, you know, so there was that extra element added in that's like you having that extra kind of barb around you haven't lined up those career opportunities that you were hoping would be here by the time you left this job. However, in the past year, I mean, what's been, it's like opportunity after opportunity for you, right? Very fortunately. Um, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there's there's value in pointing out that sometimes you have to clear the space yeah. before the things you want can come to you. It's not that they're not coming. <laughs> it's that you don't have the energy because you're too busy packing your food and walking dogs that you hate to love to hate. <laughs> right, 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 right. And or whatever it is that you do in the cubicle or, you know, yeah. it's not, this is the thing. It's not, it's so universal what we're talking about. Whatever it is that you do that you feel like you want to move away from. Yeah. The thing you're trapped in. Yeah. 
But you're not trapped. Right. (laughs) At least I wasn't. Well, you make a choice. You make a choice. You make a choice. You make a choice to get out of bed every day. You know, you make a choice to go to work. And if you're making a choice that feels like it's against your will, (laughs) it just sucks that life energy right out of you. That creative energy that you need. Exactly. You can't because, like, you need that creative energy to magnetize the opportunities that you want. And at the end of the day, I was so bitter and angry. There was no space for that creative energy. So I was not creating. So then I did not have anything to show to necessarily further my writing career. Because I wasn't making it. I wasn't writing. And that made me mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad at myself. Yes. For so many, like, I'm mad at myself for not writing. I'm mad at right. myself. And also mad at myself because I recognize this habit. Yeah. Fucking me. I always do this. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know this. I know that I do this and I always do this. And in so many areas, and particularly at that point, I was feeling as I was moving through. Can you clarify? Because we're really just going. Oh yes. When we were when we're talking about, I know that I do this. In this particular case, what was the pattern you were? Uh, it was martyring myself. Martyrdom. In situations where that was not the only way, and and where nobody asked you to. No, exactly. No. I, that is my, like, deepest, I think, core imprint around the feminine is martyr. Yeah. Yeah. And, yes, this was an instance in which I could see every step of the way of how I put myself in this situation, and yet I still perpetuated this behavior. I let, I let my self be taken advantage of in a way is that by myself yeah (laughs) i took advantage of myself i did it (laughs) i created this yes uh well and the martyr thing is so interesting too because it goes directly to what you said about after you leave like feeling like they owe you something yes like that is the energy of martyrdom i feel like yeah because it's like I did this. Why does no one recognize? Yeah, right. They should fall down. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. They should fall down and worship at my feet. And be so thankful. And these people had already very, very generously shown me their gratitude in a variety of ways. And yet it still did not state whatever in me felt wronged. And that's also how I started to know that it's like, oh, this is very much just something that you were doing to yourself. Because if you were to step out of this situation and look at this job, it's a great job. Mm. I would love to walk dogs. Well, not in the winter, just kidding. (laughs) Right, that's the part that really stinks. Um, But You couldn't pay me enough. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Oof. Uh, But, yeah, yeah, I was very aware of my pattern, particularly in this moment. Because also this wasn't even, I had gotten this job... After leaving a job that I felt was quite possibly even more defining in terms of me advocating for myself in professional spaces. And I had that job for a year and a half before dog walking. And that was also something that I sat and compared dog walking to. I'm like, this wasn't even working at that place. 
Like, that place was way worse than this. Oh, yeah. And you still weren't this angry. Like, you were pretty miserable at that job, but you weren't this angry. Mm. Were you super present to that anger while you were in it? Or is it with retrospect that you have so much awareness? No, my anger was showing in my body. I was not healthy. Mm -hmm. And not able to get healthy. And that also contributed to the anger. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, mm. because I felt like I was doing all these things that quote unquote should have worked. And for me, it was very much a consequence of the fact that it's, it's like you wake up pissed every day, every day and you say nothing about it. And my boyfriend would very kindly listen to me. But one of the reasons why I love this man so much is he's very much the kind of person that it's like, okay, if you are in a situation that you don't enjoy being in and you have the capacity to change it, there is a, you know, a limit onto how long you can complain about it. <laughs> or rather, there's a limit onto how long I'm going to be patient to listening to it. Yeah, how long you can expect me to listen compassionately. Or Exactly. Or rather, until my answer is always going to be, then change it. Well, you know, I have found that to be very true. You know, it's like, that's, that's the one thing is I can be really generous in terms of like listening to people talk about what's going on in their lives until it gets to the point where it's like, I'm seeing you right? <laughs> make the same choice over right. and over again in a way that is now hurting me. Yes. And now I got to cut it off because I'm actively hurting because you are still choosing the same thing and I will not allow that. Right. Hard boundary. Hard boundary, which is a hard boundary that I really appreciate people making me aware of because I feel like I can get stuck in thought patterns occasionally and I really am, um, <laughs> in the past. <laughs> I just corrected Jana. I was like, say in the past. <laughs> uh, and I appreciate having someone to say, this is what I'm sensing and noticing about how many times mm-hmm. you brought up this particular challenge that you're having and it seems every time that this is the behavior that you're exhibiting that brings on this challenge mm-hmm. and that even at the time if I'm like you know meh, 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 I'm always <laughs> appreciative of being, of being like yeah they're right though yeah um, and having an awareness <laughs> of it you know I start to move towards okay what can I do to change the situation so yeah so I was sitting there and I was thinking all of these things and yeah, holding very much in the same space. Like the fact that tomorrow I will get up and probably feel similarly. Really the only way I can describe it was like fussy. Mm, mm, such I, a good word, fussy. Yeah. I just felt like I had no outlet to put my anger because it, punishing myself was just making me even more angry. Hmm. there's a similar pattern I've felt recently in my life where I realized I was waking up every day with the question, is there anything I have to do today? And regardless of how much I was looking forward of the thing on my calendar, Mm -hmm. I was like beginning the day with every single commitment framed as a burden. See, there we go. Yeah. Um, and also at that time I was just starting a new relationship 
And I was falling you were in love. love. <laughs> oh my gosh. You uh, were, yeah. I was falling hard. Yeah, you were head over heels. Ooh. It was real hard, real fast. It was real hard, real fast. <laughs> That's how we my like first it. time. <laughs> it was my first time. Oh, he's the best. Uh, I still haven't even met him. I know. Just crazy. <laughs> this morning, he's like, you talk about me? <laughs> and I was like, baby, do you want me to talk about oh. you? And he's like, mm. oh, I'm um, glad he knows who I am. Absolutely. <laughs> he, I was funny when we were first dating. I was like, I just recorded an episode of my friend's podcast. Uh, you can choose to listen to it if you want to. And he was like, okay. But we, I never brought it up again. And then a couple months into our relationship, I was like, did you ever listen to that podcast? He was like, oh, immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Immediately. Oh, my gosh. One of our friends, um, you know Mackie? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mackie Borden, everybody. <laughs> um, the other night, we he he brought up his phone to show me that he had the podcast yeah. on his phone to be like, look, I'm going to listen. And he was like, the only episode I downloaded was the one that was so obviously about you and Matt. And he's like, I just want the juicy stuff. <laughs> Boy. Well, whatever gets you in there, though. Hmm? Whatever gets him in there, though. It's so true. <laughs> I don't care what gets you in the door. Yeah. Just get in the door. Um, Let's see where we're at. Oh, my God. It's only been 34 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we could make it a short one. Right. I mean, we don't have to. Let's come back. So you started the day angry. And by the end of the day, you were relieved, but you were also already mad at yourself about everything you weren't doing right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and about yeah. the fact that you don't have it all figured out Yeah, in one of the most difficult cities in the world. Yeah. That's the thing that I think I sometimes take for granted. When I moved here, I have a cousin who's lived here. He's much older than I am, and he's lived here a long time, and he's, like, an advertising executive. Mm -hmm. He has, like, an apartment on one side or the other of Central Park. <laughs> <laughs> you know, wow. he's got a, you know, a life. Yeah. I've got a life. Yes. I didn't mean that. If people could see your, your, your facial expression, I completely understood what, yeah. how that was intimated. He's really built what that. he wanted. Yeah. That, yeah. And, um... When I moved to New York, he really was like, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Yeah. And I think I really take for granted that it's very challenging to live in the city. <laughs> it is. Because it's so we're jaded to it, right? Right. But oh, the, the challenges are so unique. Yes. And there's so many of them are energetic. <clears throat> like when I went home to New Mexico a few weeks ago to be with my mom... Mm. Or a month ago. Time is slippery. I don't know. Um, I was like making fresh juice and going to yoga every day and still having time to do the work I needed to do and like cooking. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, time just is expanded here. And I actually had this moment this morning where I was trying to leave the apartment because I wanted to get outside because it was warm. Oh. I know. I was having, there's, there's, uh, that, that has an acronym now too, like, particularly, it's like FOMO, it's like you're <laughs> missing out outside or something, I don't know, maybe I'm making that up, but I'm pretty sure that's, 
I read that somewhere. Cause I was like, they have that. Yeah. What do you think of being outside when of warm weather? Well, but I was trying to get outside today, and I was really feeling challenged. And I had this moment of realizing that it's because I feel safe in my apartment. Mm. And in realizing that, I realized, oh, that's that means I sometimes feel unsafe, right? Not in my apartment, which makes sense. There's, there's so many people everywhere all the time. The vehicles yeah. are crazy. You know, like it's just so overwhelming energetically here. Yeah. Yeah. And then dogs on top of that. And then dogs. <laughs> and dogs are super sensitive to all of that as well. Yeah. Also, I was so nervous that I would do something wrong that one of them would somehow accidentally slip their leash even though I'd already checked to make sure everything was buckled and clipped and snapped and zipped, you know, rice <laughs> over. Yeah, because if you lose somebody's dog. Oh, because there have been stories of people, of dogs that whose harnesses had broken during a walk or had somehow slipped out of their harnesses and, and had been injured or temporarily lost or permanently lost, uh, that I would be devastated if, if that happened to my dog. Yeah. Whew. Um, but also they're not like, you know, I also nanny, and at least for the most part, the kids that I was nannying had the capacity to speak up if something was wrong. And it's like, dogs can't, so, you know... This dog's shitting blood. I'm like, they're going to think it's me. They're going to think I did something. Like, it, I was putting so much pressure and anxiety mm. on myself about that. And so, yeah, all of this was manifesting in a way, in a physical way, that it made it even more difficult for me to fulfill that job because I was so physically exhausted. Yeah. It's like a vicious cycle. Yeah. That when it was all over, speaking of grounding or, like, feeling safe in your apartment, I was always someone who, I'm very much a nester, but at the same time, love being out, love being social, love uh, leaving the house to go catch up with people or go get a bite to eat in some capacity. Um, And I very much became way more attached to my apartment in a way that I feel like I hadn't before. In a way like, oh, when I, not just mopping the kitchen floor, but also mopping the living room floor. Um, and noticing the spots in which the, the nails are starting to come up. Mm-hmm. Or noticing the spots in the bathroom where the grout spills over the crevice. And it just, like, gets mold and it looks bad. Yeah. But, like, actually going, like, oh, if I just take a knife and chisel away <laughs> sort of each shower. Yeah, you're really getting take, into it. I'll get it all off and it'll all look, like, clean and fine. And I didn't have to bring anyone in here to necessarily help me. It was just me taking the time to invest in this space. And I think it also helped that my relationship with my boyfriend progressed and he eventually moved in and... Which helped me take more of an ownership of the space when it was our space. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And we have roommates also. Uh, but I think it really, yeah. Him moving in really also helped me be like, I really love the space in which I live. I love this apartment. Mm-hmm. It feels like home and that is a blessing. Yeah. Um I feel very grounded here. I feel very safe here. It's really nice. I like keeping it nice. I like spending the effort and the time and the money to keep it nice. Mm-hmm. It is important to me. And in that I also realize the parts of my routine that would become important to me 
that also made me feel similarly grounded that I didn't necessarily have to go out and do or seek. I had already had within my capacity to begin with. So I really started to get into running Mm -hmm. um, and exploring which habits I would like to cultivate regularly. Uh, I really grounded into the fact that my diet was very important to me. And even though it has taken me in the past and continues to take me a lot of time to uh, explore, I don't mind that. It's okay because the benefit of how I feel when I am eating the way that I would like to be eating, it's it's indescribable. It just feels like, ah, this is what it feels like when everything is working. Mm-hmm. When my body it, is working yes, efficiently. Yes, my body is working efficiently. It's not overworking. It's not underworking. It is just I'm giving out exactly the right amounts of energy that my body needs in this exact moment to be completing the task that I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, oh yes, this is what the organism is supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Those rare moments. You've talked about that with running too. Yeah, and that's also one of the things that I really came to, that I really came to recognize was really important to me was running. I was so nervous that after quitting this job that I would do all the things that I did not get the chance to do during the job and then realize that those things weren't as fun <laughs> as I thought they were going like, to be. Fuck, I actually hate this. <laughs> exactly. And I sort of like quit my job to do this. And now it's <laughs> the worst. Uh, but I was like, Oh no, I love the, like, I don't, I love and maybe don't necessarily like the fact that it takes me seven hours a week to cook my meals for the week. Mm-hmm. But that is so important to me and so beautiful to me. I actually really love and like running. I thought I just loved it because of the physical effects afterward, but I was able to ground in it and deepen in it to a point where I could find the spaces during the running that actually also felt so perfect. Yeah, running, when we've talked about it before, is when I've been like, oh, that's a spiritual practice. It is. Yeah, running I was just is thinking today, sometimes practice. if I get in that right groove, it feels like a prayer. Mm. But it's in like the, Madonna. Or not, but, no, right? <laughs> not but and in the way that I feel so connected to the earth. Like, I am organic and the earth is organic. And, like, we are, I'm just, oh, what a beautiful mass of functioning cells and molecules in this moment. Yeah. Doing what they're all supposed to be doing. Like, look at this. Look at this. We're all... I'm, ru- like, I'm running, you guys. <laughs> it's like we're all part of the same energy, and yet somehow yes. I'm up here in a body running. running. <laughs> like, my body is getting itself together to do this. Yeah. And I can do it without thinking. And I can do it with thinking. Mm. And my it feels like my body was supposed to be doing this the entire time. Which is incredible, because these are the things that you weren't having space for exactly. when you were having that job. Right, right. And also... Which sounds so mundane. And, and I Cleaning realized, my house, cooking my food, going for a run. It's I, like the things that people talk about dreading doing, but like if you can ground into how... Yes! <laughs> how deeply nourishing they are if you actually have the time and space to do them and it feels aligned. I'm not saying that you need to like those things. No, 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 no. Whatever your mundane things are, though, like... Cleaning out your purse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, having the time to walk. I'm 
cook a lot and make a lot of dishes. I'm very lucky that my boyfriend, if or when he has the time, because he likes to wash dishes oh, as a um as like a break in between writing or something like that, just an activity. I, I know. But I also I'm very much someone who's like, if you make the mess, you, you clean it up. See, I dishes are always a spiritual hotbed. <laughs> <laughs> They're potent. For me. Yeah. <laughs> like I think when you live with someone, they're like if you're roommates, there can be passive aggressiveness about the dishes, and if you're partners, there can be passive aggressiveness, and if you're a woman and a man, there's a dynamic around that. Mm-hmm. You know, like dishes are very loaded. Yeah, uh, and I think Matt and I have found a really lovely balance. That's that, really important. Yeah, it's we both do them as often as we can. Right, <laughs> they're never ending. I know, <laughs> and we don't have a dishwasher because it's New York. Right, exactly. <laughs> People who don't live in New York. <laughs> Appreciate your dishwashers and your laundry machine. Every time I go home to my <laughs> mother's just, house, like kneel down in front I, of them. Because um, every time I go home to my mother's house, I'm standing over the sink and I'm washing the dishes, and she's looking at me like, "Why are you doing that? Just put them in the dishwasher." And I was like, <laughs> like, "This is how I spend my time." I remember the first time she reminded me that we had a dishwasher; it almost brought me to tears. <laughs> because I live with a lot of people, and we're all people who cook. Mm. And so, and everyone's very busy, and everyone does the dishes if or when they can. Yeah. Um, But there are often so many dishes, and it is the kind of thing that gives me anxiety, particularly because I feel as though I don't have the time to put in my share. So not only do I, not only are the amount of dishes bothering me, I feel like, well, Johnny, you're not washing any of them either. Right, right. Well, it's (laughs) like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> You're not contributing to helping the situation or fixing the solution. Um, yeah, and then I went home. She's like, put it in the dishwasher. And I was like, oh, I forgot about the dishwasher. It just washes the dishes for uh, you. I try to, if I'm ever feeling pissy about the dishes, I try to remember to do it like in a meditative way. Like I'll pretend that they're God's dishes and that I am lucky enough to be like to at God's them. house washing God's dishes. And that always makes it a little easier. A little better. Yeah. Well, actually, since I quit the job <laughs> and with all of these other arenas, learning that, um, and it wasn't like these things were just magically fitting into my life also. Yeah, you still have to work at it. I had to work at it. Especially had... when you have a lot of free time, too. Yes. <laughs> when yes. you have nothing but time to fill, it's so challenging. It's so challenging to actually get it done. I feel like the last three years of my life have been me with nothing but time, and so, like, I feel like my life hasn't, it has moved forward. Mm -hmm. My life has moved forward immeasurably. Internally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But like on the external, you know. Didn't necessarily manifest itself in ways that were easy to point to. Right. And I actually thought about that during this period because so much of it was me learning to make space for the things that I wanted and recognizing that they weren't just going to come because I wanted them necessarily. Like, maybe running would have come to me if I hadn't made space for it, but I don't think it would have come nearly as quickly. Mm. Um, yeah, you have to make space to receive. Exactly. You have to make space to receive, and I'd love to share with you that this is something I've been thinking of, because you know I have all kinds of feelings about capitalism. Mm-hmm. But in terms of financial exchange for services, I've been thinking of, like, trying to hold it in, like, someone, when they offer me money, they are creating space inside their field for me to put energy in. It's like they have to vacate space 
by right. sending money outwards so that I can. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to do <laughs> if you're going to fill up a subway car, people have to get off in order for others to get on. Right. And it, it that feels so much better to me than being like, this is how much I charge for my time. Right. You know, right. It's, it's more like, how much do you want to receive from me? <laughs> you're the one who decides how much I am giving back to you by how yeah. much you... I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I learned... In these arenas, at least, mm-hmm. what it feels like to make that space. And there was totally a period where I felt, well, what does this mean I'm giving up? I'm owed XYZ because of all that I do. I'm owed XYZ behavior slash habit slash pattern because of everything that I've given. And then it's, you know, I realized rather than also being like, no, that's wrong. Also being like, okay. And then what's after that? What is beyond that feeling? Mm-hmm. Once you have that feeling, then what are you feeling? It's like, oh, well, I'm actually feeling like I haven't run enough to really discern if I like like running. So maybe let me just see if I can get more into that. And it's like, oh, oh I really do like to run. Mm-hmm. Um, now, because of the how I've invested in how I eat, I can tell... Better something's off with my body, mm-hmm. which relieves a lot of pressure for me health-wise. Mm-hmm. Jenna um, has a sensitive immune system. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't realize how much anxiety over that was really contributing to the cycle. Yeah. It's like not only having an <clears throat> immunity problem, but then having anxiety about the immunity problem, which <laughs> yeah. lowers the immunity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Uh yeah. And then it, again, it also really helped. And my, I think lastly of all of those things, it was very much eating, exercising, nesting, even though I've been fortunate enough to live in that place, or I had at the time lived in the place already for three years. I felt like I was really starting yeah. to nest. I'm constantly nesting. Yes. It's just like exponentially, I'm exponentially nesting. Right. Like always <laughs> just getting like cozier and cozier. I bought Bigger pots for my house plants that needed to like space. Paint, I painted. Yes, and I was like, "Oh, they needed this." You guys were sad in those small pots. <laughs> they need room to grow. They need room to grow, and it was also so perfect at the time. I was like sitting there filling up these new pots, being like, "This is so serendipitous." I understand the metaphor. <laughs> Just like really they being aware. They need room to grow. I made space for them. I'm making space for me. Everybody's got space. Look at us. <laughs> 30, 40, and thriving. Exactly. <laughs> Are you 30? I don't know. I am. Almost. I'll be 30 in... Oh, wait. <laughs> Two years. Two and a half years. Every got old. I well, I'm 30, second. flirty, and thriving. Woo! Yeah, you are, girl. Just like whatever that movie is. Uh, 13 I, going on 30. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Now it's 52 minutes. I... That time. Is so, time is weird. <laughs> time. Um, so... My relationship was the last thing. Was... was mm. Such a great, not, I was going to say distraction, but that mm. wasn't the one that I wanted to use. It was a, 
at the time it felt like a really good distraction, but wound up being so much more than a distraction. It was, I was, am lucky enough to have a partner who being with him gives me space to explore myself as well. Mm. And not to just explore myself within the context of our relationship, but just for Jana to explore who Jana is. He gives me space to grow as me in however that shows up and however that has shown up so far. And being, and also always make, not always in an aggressive way, but so clearly has made aware that this was not space, space I needed permission to take up Mm. either. How do you think that that connects to, because both things are about space, right? So how do you think that connects to the experience around the job? Like that thing about like, you never needed permission to take up this space. I felt like I didn't have any space. I felt so watched mm-hmm. at that job with the expectation that I was going to do something wrong. Mm-hmm. And I was punishing myself, too, by staying in the job. I was not giving myself that space. Mm. And that was a pattern that I'd had of punishing myself of, of if, a, if a situation was challenging, I had to stick it out and mm. find a way to make it better and find a way to make it work. Because then I could say that I won whatever I was trying to win. Sometimes you should just cut your losses and go. Which one of my, also my roommates and closest friends is has always been my biggest cheerleader for that because she too, before my boyfriend particularly, would get the brunt of, because she was has been my roommate pretty much since I've lived in New York, and she would get the brunt of me coming home being unhappy about these jobs, and she'd be like, quit. Again, knowing that I have the capacity to find a different <laughs> job. Like, you know, I'm not over here quitting yeah. jobs that I can't afford to be quitting just we because like she says so. like really helpless. Yes. And she'd be like, you have, you are completely capable of changing the situation and you were unhappy. And I'd be like, no, but then, um, you know, what are they going to do? She's like, who cares? Because you will have quit. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody needs somebody in their lives who will be that person who's like, uh, you have agency here. Yeah. (laughs) You are making a choice. Exactly. (laughs) Just be aware. You can make a different one if you wanted. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I want to read. Read. All right. I want to read you this thing and then I think we should like wrap it up. Yeah. So I guess we're going to include that Rumi poem from the beginning. I didn't know if that would be on the recording or not. I'm going to read now (laughs) the like two paragraphs that follow the Rumi poem. And this is from the Rumi Oracle guidebook deck by Alana Fairchild which I will put in the show notes. Okay. So you remember the poem. You're looking at the card, maybe, while I read. Yeah. I'll put a picture of the card on the internet. (laughs) She spins this great earth goddess upon invisible strings amongst wildly pulsating ballet of life. Stars are born, live and die all around her. Life moves in constant flux. 
and still she spins in her great, loving, constant pirouette. How can this be? All of creation is born from nothing. Out of endless silence and darkness, light emerges. What strange magic is this? The sun heats the solar system and burns with the power to destroy life. Yet it is a force by which life is sustained. Surely this makes no sense and cannot be. We dance in the realm of the impossible made possible constantly, you and I. We are so engrossed in it, so familiar with it, and yet blind to it, that these constant impossibilities, happening in every moment, fail to inspire us. Yet what are your biggest, boldest, most extraordinary impossible dreams compared to the great impossibility of life itself? Ah, they are but tiny seeds in the Creator's masterful hand being now planted in the heavenly garden. Yes, they are being planted right now, for the moon tells us the time is right. Most tenderly shall they be watched over, nurtured into fullness according to the season. Yes, that growth is assured. The impossible is now made possible. Well, that's good to know. What does that wow. mean to you in the context of this conversation? <clears throat> uh, well, since quitting that job, it made space for the creative opportunities that I was punishing myself for not having at the time of quitting. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I think a convergence of quitting of making my space, of making, of of letting myself have that space, making that space for myself, let in so many things for me, let in so much more love with my partner, and then a couple, and then, you know, it worked sort of precipitously, like the snowballs, like it started with me, and then my love for my partner is wrapped up in that energy and that energy that is able to make space for so many other things that only continue to build and ground and grow within themselves. And so I feel like once I felt super grounded in my relationship, I was able to sort of, I guess, turn it back to me and say, okay, now that I feel grounded in this, I feel more ready Mm -hmm. to explore the things that are now going to feed me in order to feed the relationship. That's interesting. Because it's like, oh, I'm grounded enough in this to really sink into the fact that he loves me for me, but who am I right now? Mm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I identify with that. Right? Yeah. Like, he loves me for who I am. Do I know who I am? But who am I? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, like, also I get mad sometimes that he can't reflect to me who I am, but I don't even know who I am, so how could he reflect that to me? Right. Yeah. And I love the way he sees me. Mm. How much does that match up to how I see me? Mm. Um, and so that in itself, that sort of self-reflection. I sat in for a long time and I wanted that. I wanted to use that. Mm-hmm. I wanted that self-reflection to get me something. <laughs> Where's my glitter? Exactly. I was like, ooh, I'm doing this. Yeah. yeah. I'm noticing things about myself. Look at me. Look at me. I'm doing the work. Mm. <clears throat> I'm doing the work. Excuse me. I'm doing I'm doing the work. <laughs> uh, and then you were just like, yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> 
you are doing the work. Nice job. Uh, but yeah, you don't necessarily get a cookie just for doing the work. Um, and oh, your cookie is doing the work. And but then I realized that I didn't actually want to be creating in that moment. I wanted to still be sitting with this, and I wanted to still be cultivating it. That's what it just said about the season. Yes. <laughs> there's a season to just rest. Yeah. And there's a season to cultivate. And that's when I thought about, like you were saying, the years that you took where you're like, people on the outside might ostensibly not be able to quote unquote see what I've been doing, but I see what I've been doing. <laughs> doing my taxes today was like, <laughs> it's like the third year in a row that I have no cash value. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is okay. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's, uh, it's funny. <laughs> it's really funny. Especially after how much I've invested monetarily. Yeah. What do you, what can you do? What? <laughs> We're finding that out, right? We are, we are. So, Shauna. Yeah. Thinking back on a year ago today. Mm-hmm. And everything that's transpired. Mm-hmm. How do you feel right now, in one word? Shaky. Oh, I love that. But in the best way. Yeah, like vulnerable. Vulnerable. On the edge of the cliff. Yes. Yeah. And this is one of the first times. (laughs) This is one of the first times that I am excited to jump over, I think. That's not true. Remember that email you sent me? No, that's true. About jumping off a cliff? Yeah. I feel like then I thought I was at the edge of the cliff when I said I was not at the edge of the cliff yet. (laughs) You know... I know that experience where you think you're at the edge of the cliff, and then like two months later, you're like, oh, fuck, that wasn't the freaking edge. <laughs> no, no, that wasn't even, I was way farther from the edge than I thought I was. Uh, and now I'm like, ooh, yeah, 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 I can, that edge is getting close. <laughs> I see you now. But it feels, but I'm like, I'm, ex- I'm excited about this edge. I'm excited. And also taking uh, the time to sometimes consciously reframe myself toward that narrative. Mm. Listening to when I need to do that reframing. Yeah. Because there are periods where I might need to take a break and take a step back. But also there are, you know, in the past I had the habit of starting with a step back. Being like, okay, Johnny, you actually finally have the support in your life. Yeah. To play your edges. To play your edges. Yeah. To play your edges, girl. Which is the goal. Yes. Let's talk about staying in your comfort zone. I got it wrong. You should constantly be trying to make your comfort zone bigger. And also, yeah. most of us don't even know where our boundaries are. We're like, I think that's outside of my comfort zone. But if you don't try it, you don't You don't know. know. Right. <laughs> and also trying it, like you said, trying it is the one thing you're like, oh, no, I can do this. Or it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, like, no, no, no. This <laughs> that's really a boundary. Is a boundary. Yeah. Hey, look at that. But now I know that. Okay. Boundary. We got to rein it in. <laughs> we got to finish this. If you could speak to me right now Mm -hmm. as though I were you a year ago today, Mm -hmm. what would you say? It's coming. Mm. It's coming. I like that. Yeah. That feels good. Yeah. Yes, girl. (laughs) I want to give you a double. (laughs) We just double hand high fived. What is it? High tend. We high tend. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's funny so silly um we're gonna wrap it up uh is there anything you want to say to these people hi <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening guys thanks for being with us 
This is the first time. I didn't say this at the top, but this is John and I are together in a room right now. If you couldn't Yay. tell, <laughs> and this is the first time I've ever recorded a podcast with somebody in the room. So, if the sound quality is bad, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And who cares? Because that was <laughs> so fun. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Do you want people? Jana, like she said, she's having a creative boom in her life. And if you want to learn about what she's doing creatively, you can follow her where? On Facebook. Facebook. Jana, we'll, we'll put your, yeah. we'll put it in the show notes yeah. so you don't have to spell it out. And my name is just my name. <laughs> what? <laughs> and meaning like, <laughs> like it's not, it's not it's a. It's not something fancy. Like. J Money yeah. likes to cook. <laughs> it's just John Ferron Smith. Yeah. And it'll be in the show notes. You can click through. She's doing things all the time. If you're in New York, you can see plays she's written or she's acting in. Yeah. And you can follow me at all the places a year ago podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And please rate and review this on iTunes. It really helps. And share this with somebody you like. Because that's how John and I even know each other. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> you it's go, part of it. Yeah. You can go back and listen to Jana's other episode. You can go back and listen. This to boyfriend that I have now is the guy that I kissed. Oh, yeah. In that episode. Yeah. So you could really get some juicy backstory. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Go back to the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I might do that. Uh, it's. I've been doing that lately with old episodes. It's yeah. good. Yeah. If you want to go back and listen to the episode about me losing my job, it's episode number one. And... Thank you, guys. Yeah, have a nice night. (laughs) Bye. Bye.